It's uh, good to be here with you today. Man, I see some familiar faces that I haven't seen in a while, and uh, we're just glad that you've chosen to come and, come and worship with us today. I don't know if you've seen the headline or not, but uh, Christmas Day will not be on a Sunday for 11 more years. 11 more years. And so uh, this is a very special day that we come together. Um, you know, we all have hopefully wonderful plans the rest of the day, but I believe that God has us here for a reason. And if we can just all take a deep breath, go ahead and, go ahead and remind your neighbor um, just to, to breathe. And uh, we're going to get through this, all right? Uh, go ahead and remind them. We, we're here for a reason. The Lord has something to say to our hearts. Uh, today is the last day of Advent, and Advent simply means coming in Latin. And during this time, uh, we have been waiting with anticipation to celebrate uh, the birth of the Savior, Messiah, and King. And we've been looking at some things that His birth brings to us here today as His followers. If you've been with us this last month, the first week was hope. And so as, as followers of Jesus in hope, we cling to the promises that his word has given us. Uh, Jesus said this in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So in hope, we cling to that promise that Jesus will come again. Promises like Philippians 1.6, He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We cling to that promise and then, of course, 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is, is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, a phrase that is paraphrased as small potatoes in the message version. Our light momentary affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Promises like these and so many more are the foundation of our hope. And the foundation of our hope is found in this, this baby Messiah King Born so many years ago in a forgotten stable. In week two of Advent, we looked at the love that it brings. True love is demonstrated when it costs someone something significant to love. And Romans 5, 8 tells us God demonstrates his own love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All the love of God is found in the manger. And no greater love will ever be found will never be demonstrated. Last week we saw the joy of Advent. It was for the lowly and outcast shepherds, the long-forgotten dreamer, Simeon, and the long-waiting Anna. Each one of them represents us in different ways because this joy of the season is for us. We are outcasts because of our sin. Our broken hearts are why Jesus came. We all deserve to be put out to pasture, so to speak, forgotten about. And don't we know that many of us are waiting 
we wait with anticipation for the second coming of Jesus, but also just for things here in this life. And so we connect with each one in this Christmas story. When we realize that our identity is in Jesus and we trust what he is doing inside of us, not what happens to us, when we move forward with confidence and stand on the truth of the word, this joy is for us. We can find joy. And so before we uh, jump into the peace of Advent this morning, I want to uh, clear up a few misconceptions around Christmas. Um, So I am one of those guys, uh, as soon as Christmas music hit the airwaves, I was listening to it. I think it was uh, November 14th this year. Did anybody else start listening to Christmas music as soon as it was on the airwaves? I I did, and and I always do. I enjoy it. But uh, as I've been listening to Christmas music this year, um, some some things— that I'm going to share with you here today, they've just kind of blown my mind, and I think they might blow yours as well. Um, For example, a Christmas misconception. Did you know that Mele Kalikimaka has nothing to do with wisdom? Mele Kalikimaka is Hawaii's, the 50th state's way to say Merry Christmas to you, not the wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Okay, so, yeah, mind blown, right? Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and just ask him, did you know that? Did, did you know that? Okay, so um, some of you didn't know that, and so you, mind already blown. Okay, so uh, we looked at uh, Silent Night last week. Um, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child. This one's going to blow your mind, Um, and some of you may think I'm joking, but uh, until about two weeks ago, I didn't realize that round yon virgin had nothing to do with the shape, but with a direction. Seriously, just think that through for a minute. Round yon virgin, I always thought, okay, she's with, she's round, okay, Give give her a break, but that's not at all what it means. And I didn't realize, it's, it's uh, around, all is calm, all is bright, around yonder virgin and mother and child over yonder, okay? So, um, okay, turn to your neighbor and ask him, did you know that? I mean, seriously. <laughs> and then uh, say, uh, I thought this guy was smart, then he really is, right? I mean, you, you just tell him. Uh, just, a, just a Christmas mis- misconception. Um, okay, another one. Um, the song, There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays, uh, for no matter how far away you roam. There's a line in that song that says, from Atlantic to Pacific, gee, what, what is it? The traffic is terrific. Do you believe that? <laughs> That's definitely a misconception. I had to look up the, the words to this song. I thought, okay, from Atlantic to Pacific, maybe the traffic is horrific. But no, it's, it's terrific. And um, it, it's, it's, it's a misconception. It's, it's delusional, right? And then I have, I have one more. Um, this song, uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Uh, Let your heart be light. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. The second, second verse says, next year, all our troubles will be miles away. We sang that last year, and we still got troubles, right? I mean, 
Um, and so uh, a lot of these songs, I, I think of uh, Buddy the Elf, what he said to uh, the fake Santa in the mall. They sit on a throne of lies. I mean, just bottom line, that's, that's, that's what they do. Uh, just uh, some Christmas misconceptions. I hope that I've been able to clear up a few things for you today. Um, but the, the thing that we're really here to look at is uh, a misconception that, that maybe a lot of people have, and maybe even you walking in here today, it's a misconception of peace. A misconception of peace. I have, uh, I have read stories, I've even had conversations with people uh, when they were asked, okay, what's the one thing missing in your life? What's one thing that I can pray for you for? And their answer is peace. And, and maybe you understand it. Uh, maybe your answer would be the same because uh, deep down there is a restlessness, an inner turmoil, a need for more. Maybe you feel like you have no purpose, you're just going through the motions, there is an empty void, you are not happy, much less even close to choosing joy. Something is wrong. Different things lead to it. Uh, sometimes it's loneliness. Other times it's a relationship. It, it, it could be a, a constant chasing after money and stuff and status. Maybe it's uh, constantly comparing yourself to other people. Whatever the cause, we can sum it up. The one thing missing in your life is peace. And often we try to fix this lack of peace with the opposite of what we think is the cause. If it's loneliness, then we'll try a relationship or several relationships. If it is a relationship, then we will try to change the ones we are in a relationship with. If it's money and stuff and comparing, then we'll always go for something bigger and more and better. This is the world's solution to finding peace. And this is where the misconception starts. So this Christmas, uh, let us be reminded of this truth. It's number one on your outline. God's peace is different from the world's. If you have a bulletin uh, on the back, there's an outline uh, of the message today. And you can follow along with our screens. Uh, by the way, if you uh, don't have a, a Bible on your phone... Uh, we recommend you version because you can have the Word of God at your fingertips. And you can even follow along our screens while you're here. But God's peace is different from the world's. The multitude of heavenly hosts announced it to the shepherds in Luke 2.14. You've probably heard this story, this verse. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So right there, there it is. Peace on earth. And when you and I, we think of peace, we, we probably think of, of an exemption from war, a time of security and, and safety and prosperity. And if we knew nothing about this story, and we only read verse 14 there, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, we might think, okay, a new king must have come. And he has united the world, and a new peace treaty has been signed, and now we are going to finally experience peace on earth. But we know that's not what happened. While a new king did come, the world is far from being unified. 
and no treaty has been signed. So how can God say peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Well, it's because God's peace is different from the world's. Look at John 14, 27. Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See, God's peace is different because it comes through the salvation that came Christmas night over 2,000 years ago. It comes through, through Jesus. And just like the difference between happiness and joy, joy, so is peace. God's peace is, is internal. It's not. Here is the definition of peace in both John 14 and Luke 2. It is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Read read that again. Because some of you are thinking, that's what I'm missing. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is is. Friend, I'm here to tell you today that that sort of peace is not found anywhere in this world. Absolutely nowhere. Nothing will bring that sort of peace other than Jesus. This kind of internal peace and assurance and contentment, it only comes When I surrender and accept in my heart of hearts what Jesus did on the cross to cover my sins, it only comes through salvation. Because God's peace is different from the world's. The next blank on your outline, God's peace transcends circumstances. It transcends circumstances. You know, many times we sense God's peace when we are in the midst of the most difficult and trying times of our lives. I I really think that that's why God allows some of those trying times in our lives, so that we will turn to Him. I know there are some, some sailors, some former sailors among us. While I have uh, never been on the open sea, I can imagine that being on a boat in the middle of an open sea during a storm, there is nothing more terrifying, and there is nothing less peaceful. Picture in your mind uh, wind and waves, I mean the wind going 50 miles an hour or more, and waves tossing over your boat, and and you're, you're just being tossed to and fro I mean, I've seen videos enough to know I, I do not want anything to do with that. I do not want to experience it. But I understand that something quite remarkable is going on below the surface. If you go down just about 100 feet or so, there's no storm. All is calm and all is quiet. And so... You have all this chaos going on up above. 
But down here, it's nice and calm. So church, doesn't that tell us that when the storms of life are raging and, and are, we're being tossed to and fro by the winds and, and the waves are, are above our boat and we are sinking, doesn't that tell us that down here is where we need to be? When we dig deep, when we get on our knees, this is where we find peace on earth. When we're able to say, Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. When we're able to get past the wind and the waves, when we go to our knees, past the surface, digging deep, this is where we find the peace of God. It's the peace that, that transcends circumstances. It's the peace that, that is found through salvation. It's, it's God's peace that is different from the world's. God's peace also, the next blank on your outline, it's the peace that passes understanding. The peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So here it is again. I mean, we tend to like verse 7. Give me, give me that kind of peace. The peace of God that passes understanding, that guards my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. I want that kind of peace, but then we, try to, we, we tend to kind of ignore our part and what leads to it. It's when we come down here on our knees. That's where we find this peace that passes understanding. It's through prayer. It's through supplication. Supplication is a, a humble request. It's being thankful for everyone, everything. And that one's the hardest, isn't it? Being thankful for everything. We, uh, we studied James in, in our Wednesday night class for the past few months. And the last week we looked at James 5, 13 through 16. And the focus there is prayer. You'll notice the, the word prayer is found five times in these verses. It says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may hold the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so we see three categories here in these verses. Is anyone among you suffering? The instructions are to pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? The instructions are to sing your prayers. Is anyone sick? Pray. 
And the, the, the end of verse 16, the effective fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. What that means is when God's people pray, good things happen. Well, the evening that we studied this, uh, the question was brought up in the study, what do all three of these categories have in common? Suffering, cheerfulness, and sickness. And if you know my mom, you won't be surprised by her, her answer. She, she said something that, that I had not thought of. And she said, we suffering, cheerfulness, and sickness. I can be thankful for cheerfulness, but suffering and sickness? Look at Philippians 4 again. Be anxious for nothing but in, what's the next word? Everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace that passes understanding, it comes to the humble when we trust that God is working on a much bigger scale than we can imagine. That he is shaping us into the best us. And he is using us for his glory. Because there is no higher glory. So whether it's sickness or suffering or cheerfulness, we can have a deep peace either way. See, people have peace because they try to find peace without the prince of peace. Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. It will be upon his shoulder. And shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. World's peace. It is internal. It transcends circumstances. It passes all understanding. And we see it's accessed through prayer. It's the next blank on your outline. And that may be a reason why. As we begin to close, number two on your outline, we see the peace of God in the Christmas story. We see the peace of God in the Christmas story. And it's not just in the angels' announcements. Look at Luke 1, 26. <clears throat> now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? 
The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So just try to imagine this scene. Uh, Most scholars agree that Mary was a young teenager. Maybe even a preteen. Some say even a preteen when she received this news. And so the angel Gabriel, whom we are told stands in the presence of God earlier in this chapter, came to a 7th or 8th grade young lady to tell her that she would have a baby out of wedlock. And this isn't just any baby. It is God's son. And he will be the king forever. There is not much more that would turn a young lady's world completely upside down more than this news. I mean, think about the news that would turn your world completely upside down. This is equivalent for Mary. Let's just say this was not the latest trend. Mary's friends were not turning up pregnant. No one else had gone through this. She was the first. This would isolate her and bring judgment and ridicule from her town and the surrounding towns. Hey, did you hear about Mary? Did you hear how she's explaining it? We can just just imagine. I just wonder if uh, the angel Gabriel appeared to her parents. I hope for her sake that he did. Because as a dad, I'm just not buying this news. But this is, this is where she finds herself. She would not be able to hide it. Everyone was going to know. And don't you know that these questions and more were going through her mind, and yet she only asked one question. Verse 34 there. She asked one question, and I wonder if she got uh, an answer that she didn't expect. Verse 34. How can this be since I do not know a man? She probably thought, okay, Gabriel, I've got you here. Um, I'm going to ask Gabriel this question, and he's going to be like, you know what? I didn't think of that. Let me go ask God. But that's not what she did. That's not what he did, is it? No, he said, listen, this is a God thing and nothing is impossible with him. But notice her response. Verse 38. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. If that's not the peace of God, (laughs) then I don't know what is. In other words, she said, okay, listen, Lord, I am your servant, and you know best, and so I'm going to trust you through this. I'm going to trust that that since you've called me to this, that you're going to grant me a deep inner peace. When all this chaos is happening in my life, Deep down, you're going to grant me a peace that passes understanding. And Lord, I do not understand, but I'm still going to trust that I have access to this peace through prayer. And so that's where you're going to find me, on my knees, praying and trusting. 
I got to be honest, it's not my natural response when life-changing news comes, but it's the right one. And just like we saw last week, it's one that we have to choose. The last blank on your outline. See, we can say this for, for all these weeks of Advent. We got to choose love. We have to choose joy. We have to choose to hope. We also have to choose peace. And so many have chosen not to live there. So many have have chosen to listen to the voices that are coming at you. So many have, have chosen to live up here in the storm rather than down here on our knees. And that's why you're missing the peace of God. God brought the Prince of Peace into this world through a young lady that very easily could have been restless. She could have had an inner turmoil, a need for more. She could have just been going through the motions. She could have had, just felt empty inside. She could have not been happy, much less choosing joy. She could have been the way that many of us have walked in here today, but she chose not to. She had the peace of God, and it's the same peace that is offered to each one of us today, here and every day, through a relationship with Jesus. Through the light and life of Christ. And so as we go into this time of reflection, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And allow God a moment to work in your heart. If you're here this morning and you think, you know, the one thing missing in my life, it is, it is peace. I am not satisfied. I have this inner turmoil. Nobody knows about it. But it is stirring. There is a storm brewing. And I've been living here for a long time. Friend, I want to ask you, If you look back on your life, if you remember a time when you surrendered it, when you accepted the free gift of life that Jesus offers, that we celebrate here today, have you experienced the love of God, all the love of God that is found in the manger, that he would send his son to die for you? Have you surrendered to it? And if you have, Are you living in it? Because don't we know today is not the only day that can be so chaotic. Today is not the only day that we can have so many different things on our minds. Life gets busy and we tend to forget that this love and joy and peace And hope, it is for every day of the year. What is God saying to you through his word? If you were to, God forbid, stand before God today, and he asks you, why should I let you into heaven? What are you going to say? Because for me, it's not going to be, well, I was a pastor. I tried to be a good husband, a good dad. None of that stuff is going to matter. 
My only hope is Jesus. My only peace with God is Jesus. And all that I will be able to say is, I have trusted in what your son has done to save me from my sins. Have you done the same thing? Lord, we invite you to come asking you to move in our hearts and trusting that you will. Lord, we thank you for the peace of God that transcends all understanding, it passes all understanding, Lord. We thank you for that truth. And Lord, we, we pray that you would help us to live in it each and every day. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.